This is the Philly Soccer Show. I'm KOW News Radio's Greg Willandini with Mike Cervetio from the Philly Soccer Page. Jim Curtin, head coach of the Philadelphia Union, gets us ready for the team's home opener against Toronto FC. Union breaks camp. You guys are back in Philly. You know, got the full season underneath with some new faces. How's uh, how, how, how you feeling right now? Feeling good. I thought it was a successful preseason. You know, we're transitioning into a new formation, new style uh, under Ernst, and uh, the guys have responded really well to it. I think it was important. We got a good result or two uh, in preseason, especially early on, for the guys to you know have buy-in and belief and confidence. So. Uh, happy with where we're at. I think we really pushed the fitness more than we ever have in the preseason, and then have had that obviously some some great pieces in uh, in Marco Fabian, and and uh, you know it, it's it's exciting to get going going now against Toronto. Well, I, I mean, obviously you don't want to give away you know what what's going on this weekend against Toronto, but but talk to yeah. us a little bit about the new, new formation and and how it's going. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been good. So uh, again, uh, we you know when Ernie was here, we obviously added. Uh, uh, implemented a system that was, you know, the four-two-three-one, and everybody had to have a clear understanding of their roles and responsibilities. And now um, that everybody's kind of grasped the the nuance and the, some of the style play characteristics from that, um, you know, Ernst has now added uh, some new dimensions. You know, we we were a very good team last year with the ball, um, and now um, Ernst has seen that. And I agree. You know, we can improve a lot without it in the, in the transition moments. Uh, you know, going from defense to attack quickly. Um, so we've now added a new formation. It uh, gives us a little more flexibility. I think now that the guys have a good understanding of things, um, you know, we can kind of adjust to things in-game. Uh, you can see us shift formations on the fly. Uh, the guys have, you know, you give them as much information as they can without overloading them. But at the same time, now I think that they can kind of adapt and see things. And you can tell that, like, you know, our, our, our 4 4 2 diamond can quickly look like a uh, a version of a four 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 three three. Uh, it can quickly look like we have only have three in the back as well. So um, there's a little more flexibility within it, and uh, I think you'll see us uh, be aggressive both home and away. But at the same time, now um, depending on the opponent, depending on uh, uh, you know the, some of their strengths and weaknesses, how we can attack them, I think we have a little more uh, of an understanding as a group as a whole, a little more sophistication with the the, the tactical setup of our team. And we've talked to you a lot in the past, and you've always wanted the union to be able to play the same at home as yeah. you guys do away. And, you know, yeah. with this new system, is it, do you feel like it's going to be easier to do that because you have that flexibility to kind of change looks, like you said, on the fly a little bit and maybe push, push forwards higher up when you need to. And so it, do you, do you feel like you have that flexibility to really kind of impose yourself on other teams? I think you'll see, well, listen, at home, uh, I think we're, we're, we're able to, we're going to be able to do that. I think we're going to be able to push the tempo of things. I think we're going to have a lot of the ball. Uh, we're going to play a real attack minded group at home. Uh, defensively now on the road, though, you know, when you go to Atlanta and you go to Kansas City early on in the season, uh, maybe you need more of a defensive minded ball winner in there. So I think you'll see us use our full squad uh, more than we have, I think, because it's deeper, first of all, uh, but also because. Um, you know the game is going to need that. There's there's certain teams in our league that uh, if you line up and go toe to toe with uh, in their building, it's going to be you know a, a difficult task. It's not to say we couldn't beat in Atlanta uh, on a given day, but at the same time, I think you have to be smart how you approach it. Otherwise, you know they get an early goal and that crowd gets going. I can tell mm-hmm. people that's uh, it's a tough thing to come back from. So um, we have to be a little maybe more uh, smart in how we rotate. I think we have to be. Uh, aggressive in our in our substitution patterns because we have to rely on guys and if we see something that needs to change we have to be able to pull the trigger and, and again 
Uh, I still think you'll see us have a similar philosophy at home in terms of how aggressive we are with the ball and throwing numbers forward. Um, but now on the road, I think where we improved last year, but uh, still can uh, do a little bit better and maybe have more of a, uh, a safer tactical approach on the road, you know, where we, we do have maybe some more defensive-minded ball winners in the middle of the field, um, you know, to break plays up for us. So that'll lead to a change in formation. That could lead to a change in personnel, you know, so there's a lot of different ways you can do it. I'd love to to talk a little bit about some of the the new personnel you brought in. Obviously, the the, yeah. big, the big signing over the last couple of weeks has, has been bringing in Marco Fabian. How has he fit into the yeah. team so far, and is, is is he is he up to snuff with the fitness? Yeah, I think there's there's two sides to it. So there's the off the field side, which I think he's hit a home run in terms of embracing the city of Philadelphia. I think in terms of embracing his teammates and fitting in seamlessly to the group, um, uh, a, a guy who's very coachable, uh, you know, speaks multiple languages, can speak Spanish with the guys, English, you know, German. Uh, with our staff and, and it's it's a uh, a real that's a real great part of things so uh, he's been uh as a person as a human being incredible to coach because he's played at such a high level he could have more of that you know big timer attitude and he has none of that so i think the city of philadelphia will really love him and embrace him uh, and then his quality on the field the other side of things which is uh, as a coach uh, fun to work with you know you see the quality right from the start uh, in a training session where he can you know, score a goal from distance. He can break you down on the dribble. He can uh, jump and, and arrive and hit a ball in the box like uh, uh, someone we have never had before. <laughs> um, he has uh, a lot more uh, ability to close the ball defensively than I even anticipated. So um, really excited to work with Marco. Obviously, his talent speaks for itself, and, and he's fit in really seamlessly with the group. And uh, we have a special to now. makes everyone on the team stronger because when you had this quality – and not dissimilar to when you look at, you know, Lucho Acosta, you know, he had probably two or three years where it was kind of, you saw flashes of brilliance, but now you, you throw in a Wayne Rooney and all of a sudden everybody's level around Lucho and Wayne goes way up, you know, and that's a similar thing with Marco. Uh, quality is quality. <laughs> There's no way to, other way to put it. Um, and, and it, and I'm really grateful to the owners for, for pushing uh, to get this one done. And obviously Chris Albright and Ernst doing a good job getting it done. But uh, when you add this much, this talent to a, a group, it just, improves everyone. It makes everyone's job a lot easier. So another player you guys brought in in the forward position, uh, Sergio Santos. Yeah. Uh, not as much of a known quantity probably to, to, to soccer fans. He was playing a Brazilian guy playing in Chile in league, but looks like he you know brings a lot of you know technical ability and some physical qualities. Can you talk about him a little bit? Yeah, so right off the bat, um, is going to be mad at me saying this, but we, we have the metric of high-speed running uh, that the GPS unit that they wear every day tracks, and, and uh, Sergio's hit uh, the highest speed of the, of the preseason, so <laughs> wow. uh, he, he's our fastest guy, so he can fly. So there's 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 obviously the athleticism. Has, has he raced Fafa? Uh, have you have you made that happen? To, not head, not toe to toe. That might come in a little bit. <laughs> All right, Coach, I don't, keep, I don't keep us updated up. on how that I goes. Torn, I don't want any torn hamstrings. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Side by side, you know what I mean. So, <laughs> right, right, right. I'll be smart about that, but no, he's hit the, he hit the highest speed in 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 a in, in a sprint uh, over meters per second. So. Uh, he can fly. Um, he has an ability around the goal that's that's very good. He picked up a little bit of a knock, and we we're cautious with him with his knee. Um, so again, uh, we're smart with that. But at the same time, now you've seen him in in preseason, in and around the goal, uh, combination play, and a commitment to the physical side where he'll run and cover ground defensively for us. So uh, real talent. Uh, I'm excited. He's the type of guy uh, that has so much talent. He can be he can break out quickly. You know, um, mm-hmm. not not dissimilar to Corey Burke where. Um, it goes from, you know, 
where'd this guy come from into now next thing you know he's he's dominating a league so that's the hope for Sergio he has the talent to do it and now it's uh, up to the coaching staff and, and myself to bring it out of one guy that I think probably had a disappointing season by his own standards last year was David Akam. Um, obviously worked through a, an injury for a lot of last season. How is he coming into this coming season? Is is he almost 100% healthy, and are you looking forward to getting more out of him this year? Yeah, this is the most healthy we've seen, David. Uh, he's been, been excellent in training. Uh, I think he's fully healed from, from an injury, and, and I think, you know, uh, Amos fought a little bit last year for pushing him fast. Uh, he's probably a little bit uh, at fault for being so eager to get into a new team and push things, and we maybe pushed too hard, and, and it, you know, it, it 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 held him up a little bit. He wasn't himself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he recognized that, and then you guys have heard heard quotes from Omar Eddie about that. Um, but he's still a special player in our league. So again, sometimes when people forget that, all of a sudden he's another guy that can certainly. Uh, you can't call it a breakout because the guy scored double-digit goals several times in our league. So uh, a real weapon for us. And then to see him now running without pain, explosive, going by defenders and, and contributing uh, in a big way was uh, has been good to watch. So I, I think we'll see a, a strong year from Davis. Another guy uh, I want to talk about, the guy has been on the team for a while now, Derek Jones, um, with the new system, kind of the, the role those deeper players has changed up a yeah. little bit. Is this – really his year to really kind of grab that brass ring and, and be a regular? I mean, is is this kind of we're seeing kind of everything come to fruition for him, do you hope, coming out of camp? And, you know, he had some good games in the USL and some spot service yeah. with, with the big team last year. Is, yeah. is this kind of the, you guys are really hoping this is the year he grabs it? That's the hope. Um, that's the hope for Derek. Uh, I think his t- talent is, is undeniable. I think you guys have seen it, uh, but we see it in bursts and flashes, and, and we want to see it now consistently every day. So um, he's been a guy that you know has dominated MLS for four and five game stretches, but now we want it to be for 34 games. Uh, he has that ability in him. Um, when I talk about that ball winner in midfield, you know, it's the secret. That's who I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, him and the, and Warren as well, uh, Craval, who can just win balls at a, a level and a rate that you know is is immeasurable um, so um, it's a big year for Derek I think it's a big step in his his growth and development and he's not a kid anymore so uh, he has uh, the respect of his teammates in the locker room and, and like you said it, it's now time to to take that next step in his career one of the big stories of the offseason was the the trade of Keegan Rosenberry um, it does open up some room on the on the right back side you have Ray Gaddis coming back and, and now you have Olivier Mbizo also available. Um, it seems like the outside back position is is going to be uh, counted on a little bit more than it has in the past to, to get forward and get balls in the box. How is the 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 competition shaping up at right back? Yeah, I think you saw it work a few times in the preseason. We haven't done it consistently for ninety minutes, but we're going to demand our outside backs to give us you know all of our, our width, the majority of our width. Um, so you know, it's not that both of them are going to be to the end line every time, but when one is high, the other is kind of in a good. Uh, rest defensive position uh, in case the ball turns over. But, you know, with Kai, with, with uh, Ray Gaddis, uh, with Mbizo, with Fabi and Matt Real, um, we're going to demand uh, a ton of running up and down that sideline to cover that whole sideline defensively and in attack. Um, and I need those guys to obviously, uh, you know, join in at the right moments and get crosses in the box, but be defenders first. You know, <laughs> that's, that's it. at the end of the day. Uh, their job is to keep balls out of the net. So um, I'm, I'm happy with how they've progressed you know Mbizo had a little bit of a but you know he has the the talent of if, if people remember the name uh 
uh, Iango from from uh, Montreal, guy at left back who mm-hmm. quietly just you know went on to Europe <laughs> and then just kind of uh, you know moved on to to League One. So uh, he has that ability in him. That's what we see. That's the comp we see. And we saw flashes of it against Kansas City. Um, but again, like any young player, we want to see it now, day in and day out, every game. So uh, he has that ability in him. And obviously Ray has been been excellent and had his best preseason. So I'm happy with where we're at defensively there. Uh, another guy you moved on from was uh, you know CJ CJ Sapong just the deal yeah. just kind of went down the last couple of days. Yeah. Um, he, he probably didn't score consi- in the consistent way you, you guys hoped for, but you used to say a lot about him. He does the stuff that's not on the score sheet. Yeah. Do, do you feel like you have that on the roster right now, guys? That you know, I mean, CJ could go out there and just tie up defenders for you uh-huh. know eighty ninety minutes and, and beat down center backs. Do you feel like? You have that change of pace that I mean, because you kind of have the like you said the quicker forwards now. Do you have that kind of the the, the battering ram uh, quality yeah. on, on the roster? Look, if I if I take my coaching hat off for a second, uh, the two guys Keegan and and CJ, I have uh, you know personal relationships with, and this is the the hardest part of our game, but it is a reality of our game, um, and it, it's it was difficult to lose those two guys because I respect them a ton as players. Um, you know, we played in a lot of big games together, and and they. Were big contributors for us, but um, you know, CJ uh, is a guy who gave everything for the badge. Um, you know, he obviously you know wanted to score more goals last year too, but at the same time, still embraced his role, did a lot for the team, uh, and in every big game, CJ uh, steps up. You know, and, and is, was a real leader for us. So grateful for them. I wish them nothing but the best in their careers. Um, but at the same time, now we are um, you know moving forward, and those guys are are going to be. Uh, when the whistle blows, when we play them, you know, trying to beat us as well. So um, it's a tough part of it. Um, but yeah, CJ and Keegan were those two guys that you could kind of pencil in, and you knew what you were going to get day in and day out. Uh, but at, at the same time, now we we acquired some assets for them, and hopefully those can turn into um, some new additions uh, to the club. So hard hard part of the business, but again, uh, a reality of of things and, and trades happen, uh, and you have to. I'm trying to take the motions out of it as best you can, but uh, I am grateful for those two and all they did for the club. Well, I think the the follow up to that is you, you mentioned the assets you've gotten in return, you know, for CJ, yeah. for for Keegan, for the for the draft picks. It's it's, it's quite a lot of money if if you look at it yeah. in, in total. Um, does it give you a little bit more flexibility to maybe add a player mid season in the summer? Or I mean, I don't know if if it does. Or... It does, and, and and I think the last one we we had added in the summer was probably Barnetta. I want to say, mm-hmm. yeah, I think so. Um, you know, of, of of a real impact. Um, so again. Uh, not only roster spot wise, you know, we have a couple roster spots open, which is good for flexibility. Um, we also have acquired a, a lot of assets, so uh, that's a good thing. I won't tease too much more than that, but <laughs> that's a good thing moving forward. Um, and again, I think it's a credit to Ernst and Chris for the job that they did. Um, as hard as those decisions are, um, sometimes they need to be made as you look not just in the near, near you know, couple, next couple months, but also um, towards the next window and then this, even further down the road for the club. The podcast that's all soccer all the time. It's what's new on the soccer scene. Every week on the Philly Soccer Show, hosted by KYW's Greg Orlandini. What was the experience like for your first home game? It's always interesting to hear from players that come over from Europe. They don't have it like here in Philly. <laughs> I think we get a little more real for us tomorrow as well. Was that the coldest soccer game you've ever played in? Wow, it's crazy. <laughs> Join the thousands who hear the Philly Soccer Show on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the, the center back situation. I mean, you, you have a kind of a bevy of riches right now. You have three very good 
young center backs, you know, Austin and, and Mark, who are getting looks from the national team. You have uh, Elliot, who, you know, had a near, you know, rookie of the year season, and he's kind of the yeah. third guy right now. And you bring yeah. in Kalan, kind of, kind of push those guys a little bit. So, yeah. what, what, what's the situation like with those four guys right now? Yeah, I, I put it up against any you know set of center backs in our in our league right now, I, and I, I I believe that obviously these, uh, Red Bull has a, a strong one in, in Parker and uh, and Long. Uh, that's pretty pretty solid. But at the same time, I think our depth and the four you just named are uh, you know really competing in preseason. Really brings a toughness and a, you know almost a, a a mentor for these guys, these young guys, and can communicate with everybody in, in about four or five different languages, which is so powerful for a coach um, and has been incredible in raising the intensity of our practices and and uh you know showing us the right way to train day in and day out uh, and has done well with his minutes in games uh, you know obviously jack elliott's played a ton of minutes for us great passer you guys know his strengths and his assets uh big body back there that actually is faster than people probably realize when he opens up and runs uh had a great season for us coming off a really solid season again um and then you know mark and austin who are fresh off of the uh the national team duty so at the age at ripe age of about 19, 20 years old. So that's a, a good stable, a young stable with a good experienced guy uh, in case, um, you know, you know, someone, a young guy has a hiccup or something like that. It really is right there to, to push things. So it's, it's healthy competition there. Uh, they've done really well with it. Um, but we obviously we have uh, big ambitions for our young, young American center backs uh, to push on and continue with the national team. Uh, and the, there is a reality, a certain reality to, you know, Selling our first player, uh, and that's a, certainly a position that we're we're really strong at. Uh, and again, um, you know, our model is is a, a young one, I would say, with our academy. And you know, there's been a lot of patience with it and, and different things. But people do have to remember it is still young, uh, and we are a club that, uh, you know, can you at a certain point we are going to sell a, a, a player and uh, invest that money back into the team, whether that be in a designated player, whether that be in a, back into our academy. Um, that still remains to be seen, but that is kind of the, the model, and that'll be kind of that next step of things. And you know, I don't say that because we want to sell Austin and Mark, <laughs> because mm-hmm. as a coach, you pencil those guys in for ten years, and that's a that's a darn good thing. But um, the reality of things is, uh, if I'm doing my job, if if they're working hard to their full potential, um, they have the ability to play anywhere in the in the world. I believe that. While we're we're talking about some of the young players, uh, I was able to watch the the DC uh, game in the preseason, and one of the players that stood out to me was was Brendan Aronson, who's a, a guy yeah. that we've not seen with the first team a lot, but we, we've heard some good things, and we, we got to see a, a pretty solid twenty five minute performance there. Can you tell us a little yeah. bit about how he sorts into the the midfield this year? Yeah, Brendan's Brendan's real. That's the easiest way I can put it. He's the, the real deal. Uh, he is now uh, a young kid. Uh, that we've thrown into, you know, full 90 minutes versus Montreal and was probably our best player uh, mm-hmm. when he played with our top midfield. Uh, and now uh, against D.C. jumps into a game and his ability to turn in tight spaces uh, is fearless, for lack of a better, that's the best way to put it. He's not scared to, to play uh, in between the lines where, where it's congested. Uh, uh, and instantly he earns the respect of, uh, of Marco, uh, of, of, of Harris, of, of Alejandro, I think Marco's comment when I, I first talked to him about him, he said he thought he was, I mean, you know, he was introduced to the team. He thought he was maybe the kit man or the ball boy or something <laughs> like that. And then, and then he goes, but man, this kid can play, you know? So, um, you know, soccer, we appreciate soccer. And, and when you earn the instant respect of those types of guys, 
Uh, and even every coach in preseason came up to me after the game and said, who's that Who's that young kid? You know, he's got the baby face, but wow. he's kind of a killer out there. So, uh, yeah, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but <laughs> you see a lot of talent in Brendan. He is he's the real deal. That's exciting to hear. Uh, we've, we've talked a yeah. lot about the, the, the personnel on the squad. I, I want to ask you a, a question about yourself. Um, you know, obviously the, there's a big change in the, the structure of the, the club with Ernie moving on to U.S. soccer and Ertz coming in. How is your yeah. relationship with Ernst, and how is how is your day to day a little bit different, and and how is it different interacting with the two of those guys? Yeah, it's been really healthy with Ernst. Uh, you know, he's he's given uh, a lot of, of feedback and new ideas. Obviously, the Red Bull way and showing us, you know, Salzburg and Leipzig and all the positional principles and characteristics of each position. That part's been amazing to have that resource to bounce things off. Um, so very respectful of you know the year we had last year and setting our record in points and then recognize how good we were with the ball. Um, and just wants to add in uh, an improvement, you know, off the ball. And that's something that you're starting to see us implement in training and in the preseason games. Now the next step is to do it in the, the real season uh, against Toronto. So relationships, very good, uh, a healthy one uh, where we can bounce things off each other uh, and, and learn from each other, to be honest, because again, it's, a, it's still a new league also for him with a lot of crazy rules and uh, you know, <laughs> ever changing personnel throughout the teams and, uh, he's adjusted really quickly and learned uh, learned all the rules very fast and has made a, a real impact to improving the squad. I'm going to wrap you up here real quick, but you know you got yeah. a game Saturday. Sorry for my uh, kids. Sorry. <laughs> you got a game Saturday. You got a for the U.S. girls game. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, that's good. Uh, you, got, you got a game Saturday and you got an opponent coming in in Toronto. Um, yeah. You know, team. You've, you guys have struggled a little bit against. It looks like they're not quite the team they were last year, and uh, some personnel changes. Obviously, losing losing a really big name over there, and kind of crashing. Yeah. You know, the, the issues in the CCL over, over the week. Um, yeah. You know, how are you feeling going up against them at home? Yeah. Look, they're not the same. Um, they're not the same. They had some changes in personnel, obviously, just like we had changes in personnel. Uh, but at the same time, they're a very talented group. Um, you, you lose a guy like uh, like a Giovinco, like a Vasquez, who's also very underrated. Um, you know, we're not sure about Josie's health right now. Uh, regardless of that, we know that they're going to have a chip on their shoulder, having been eliminated from the Champions League. Uh, they're going to be angry. They're going to try to come into town energy and get a win. Um, and again, now we have uh, the onus on us at home uh, to try to dictate the tempo of the game. Uh, but yeah, uh, we're certainly there's going to be no lack of respect. That's for sure. Uh, they're a handful still. Uh, starts with trying to take away Michael Bradley as best he can, uh, and, and kind of going from there. You know, they're, they're yeah, they're still a, a very dangerous team in our league, and one that's been champion very recently. So um, yeah, but it's no easy games in our league anymore. But mm-hmm. yeah, certainly uh, when you look up and Giovinco's not out, not out there, I can't lie and say that that's not a better thing. <laughs> yeah, for sure, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. he. He used to kill you guys, but you know, to be fair, he killed a lot of guys. So it's he killed uh, everyone. Yeah. yeah, he was uh, standing over a restart. There's no worse feeling when that guy standing over a restart. That's no, no, that was, <laughs> was always <laughs> tough to watch. Uh, Coach, yeah. well, thank you so much. You're always uh, always gracious with your time and uh, with the, with your information and stuff you want to talk about us uh, talk to us about. And I uh, really appreciate it. You know, have a great year. Good luck and have Thanks fun tonight, lot, guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks nope. for the support. All right, talk soon. Thanks. Absolutely. Have, right, fun, have fun with the kids Bye. tonight. Thanks. Thanks. We will. It's gonna be cold. <laughs> yes, it will. <laughs> it's gonna be cold Saturday too. So, all right, good yeah, luck. That's true. Uh, Jim Curtin. I mean, you know, uh, we talk about Jim a lot, but he 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 talks honestly. He talks freely, and yeah. it's always refreshing to hear. And and you know, he could 
talking platitudes, which he, you know, he sometimes do all coaches that have their kind of phrases they work through. But, you know, ask him about, you know, you can tell he's getting emotional about CJ and Keegan, especially Keegan. I think Keegan's a guy he's known yeah, he's for a long, long yeah, time. And talking about Derek. Uh, and this is, and I, I've said it, I, this is probably his year. I mean, they, he's got a, you know, this is a position they really need him for with the new formation. They need that extra defensive cover. You know, we didn't get into it much with Jim, but, you know, Harris is out there sitting deep. He's your ball mover. He's not really a defender. He was really leggy at the end of the year, so he's not going to go out there and just chase down balls. He's kind of on the other side of 30. So you're going to need – I mean, Bedoy is Bedoy. He's got a great engine. He's going to move up probably on that right side and do what he's got to do and just move the ball and, 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 you know, just be kind of that force to help, you know, really help Marco out. I mean, he's the guy that's going to be out there helping Marco out. But that other side, you know, I think it's either Warren or Derek – and you know Warren Craval was above Derek on the depth chart towards the end of the year for sure. I mean those situations where they went, they needed a closer at the end of the game, a defensive guy to solidify. It was always Warren that came in. It was a lot, it was Warren a lot. Yeah, I, I I mean I agree with you. I I think this this has to be the year that Derek steps up. I mean I think he's twenty three or twenty four now. Yeah. Um, he's been with the the big club for for three seasons now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's had a couple of chances to to really grab a a starting position or, or at least be be that guy off the bench that's the closer, as you say it. Yeah. And he's I don't I don't think he's taken that that opportunity, and that's why we saw Warren a lot at the end of last mm-hmm. year. So I'll be I'll be curious how he's come come into the the season and and where that depth chart actually is. I, I agree with you that he'll probably slot in on that that left side of midfield. Um, I'm interested to see how the the team lines up when they do go away mm-hmm. to Atlanta in a couple of weeks. Whether or not that you'll you'll see Harris come off the field and, right. and see maybe a, a straight six yeah. type type thing with the the back of the midfield. Yeah, I mean, it feels like you have Jim probably has more freedom than he's ever had. I yeah. mean, I mean, Ernie had a way. Ernie had the way he wanted this team to play, and I think that was. <clears throat> Sent down to the coaching staff, and you play the four four two. You play these guys. We got to, we're you know, and, and you saw kind of the fruits of that. Where you get into the playoffs, you get in the late season, where you kind of needed Harris. Harris was gassed. Yeah, and there's not. I don't really see reason to play Harris Mandunian thirty four games. No, if you don't have to, that that you. <clears throat> Have that flexibility now, where if you go on the road and you want to be more defensive, you want to have Warren and Derek out there with, with Alejandro, you can do that, or you can make Alejandro sit in that deeper spot, mm-hmm. be 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 the deep deep line guy, and you know w- w- you can have Warren and, and Derek kind of sitting in front of him. Does yeah? You know. d- does it shock you as much as it like shocks me that we're talking about the tactical flexibility that we're talking about right now? It's because amazing. I, I, th- I think we we've spent so many we've spent years literally on this podcast yeah. begging for tactical tactical flexibility, right. and it seems like no, it's, it's, it, it's, it, it's it, come it, finally. It's, it's amazing, <laughs> and you, you knew just watch sitting in the stands or sitting in the box that okay they make a change and it's always are, like for like are, are they going to play Corey and CJ together no. up top no. <laughs> They're moving one of them to the wing. Well, now okay. I, you know it's it's, it's <laughs> almost going to be more exciting to be in the box and see the changes happen and go. Yeah. Oh, oh, they're bringing in Elsino right. for for uh, Derek Jones. Yeah, this is going to change the formation. Holy a, crap! This, this is going to be a four three three now. <laughs> yeah, where they're going to really push push the game instead of okay, Elsino is going to come in, but it's still a four two three one, and they're not going to move an extra guy up. And, and I, I think I think it's so important, you know. And I think Ernst mentioned it at the end of, of last season, at the beginning of the season too, is that it felt stale at the end of last season. It felt yeah. like the opposition had the union figured out. 
they're oh, going to yeah. play this I, way. They're going to try to play through Bork. They're going to play with one striker. They're, yeah. they're not going to make any big tactical changes. But now you have so many different flexible things mm-hmm. that you can do with this formation. If it's 4-3-3, if it's 4-4-2, yeah. four, four, if it's a diamond, if, yeah. if you want to sit back a little bit more, if you want to control the ball, you have all these opportunities. And, and I think it, it, it kind of... You talk about Bork, and you know Bork was a wonderful player, and you kind of knew he was never coming back. <laughs> you know, and especially I think the opportunity to go back to to play, play at Sparta, your, yeah. and he was he was getting back into the national team set up. So I think he really just wanted to head head home. I mean, and I can't fault the guy for that, honestly. And you know he made a you know he made his big ticket over in China, and you know he's probably set for a while with the, with the salary he got from from the Chinese team and all that. Um, but. With this new system, I think you diffuse some of the stuff he did with other players. Like, and so you don't need Marco Fabian to come in here and lead the league in assists like like Borek did. He's going to come in here and be a great player. He's going to do a lot of things for you, but it's not a system where you need that number ten to do this every game. Right. You have you know options. You you're, you're diffusing it. You're diffusing that situation across your roster a little more now, where you're tucking Fafa in, he could be a provider, you know, instead of just the guy that's running the wing, not just the guy that's running the wing, but the guy he's out in the wing, and that's that's that. He's a guy that can provide now and play off a striker and pick up some extra assists, and, you know, and you know. The podcast that's all soccer all the time. It's what's new on the soccer scene. Every week on the Philly Soccer Show, hosted by KYW's Greg Olandini. What was the experience like for your first home game? It's always interesting to hear from players that come over from Europe. They, they don't have it like here in Philly. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll get a little more real for us tomorrow as well. Was that the coldest soccer game you've ever played in? Wow, it's crazy. <laughs> Join the thousands who hear the Philly Soccer Show on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. I thought it was really interesting watching that uh, preseason game against DC when Fafa came into the game in the second half. That uh, he came in as a striker, but ended up floating into the the wide areas on mm-hmm. on both sides a little bit, and and doing a couple of really good things. He ended up with a really nice assist in the game off yeah. the back heel play, um, but him running into those corners frees up that space in the middle of the box too. And, and mm-hmm. Jim mentioned that you know Mar- Fabian is going to. Be that that third right. player into the box. I think that, I think that's something that's been missing from the the union yeah. for the last couple of seasons is that there's not been that that late crashing midfielder. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and Boric, you know, he liked to take a shot yeah. more, more than probably some other number tens the unions had. I think he, but he's not. Yeah, he's not the late runner. I think yeah. I think Marco could be that late runner. Yeah, I think Tranquillo was was similar to yeah. what what Fabian will bring to it. Yeah, yeah. He could be. Yeah, he's a little more that that hard runner. Where Boric was more. You know, kind of, kind of hanging around the box and spreading the ball around. I mean, he, you know, again, he had a great year and he he did wonderful things. Yeah. I'm not I'm not discounting it, but you know, in the situation where you you can play that like inside out game, like you said, where where Fafa is pulling defenders around and they're just you know they're just chasing ghosts because nobody can catch up to them and it opens up that extra runner and opens up the things for the forward. So they they just have it, it's just they have a, it's such a big palette offensively. Than they've had in a long time. Yeah, like, a lot of different things. Yeah, like they have options and they have the players. It sounds like they do it. And I'm really excited to see Santos. Honestly, I am too. he's the guy I'm. I'm really, yeah. really excited for because uh, just you kind of look at some of the metrics. Like Jim talked about. It. I mean, he's the fast, it's faster scary. than Fafa. And you know who's faster than Fafa? Uh, and he's he's the fastest guy on the and team he's right big now. Too. He's big, strong specimen, and you know he. And just kind of digging around, it sounded like he was probably one of the best forwards in that Chilean league. I mean, you could say what you want about the Chilean league, but you know, 
if, if you go into the league and grab one of the best players, you're doing something right. Yeah. Hopefully. And Hopefully. so he's a guy I'm really excited for. And it sounds like he, it's possible he's on the bench. And, um, yeah, I mean, if, which is fine. We, we talked I mean, a little bit season. about this before we started recording. We were trying to figure out what the, the starting lineup will be yeah. on Saturday. Uh, if I had a guess, I would say it's probably Fafa and Burke to start up mm-hmm. top. Um, Santos missed the last two preseason games with, you know, Jim, yeah. Jim mentioned that he had a minor knee thing. Right. And so he, he held he, him out precautionary, but he's, he's not played it. Uh, in a game, you know, in a couple yeah. weeks. So now. You, you think maybe his fitness isn't quite ready for full nineties or yeah. full, or even eighty. So you you could be an it's a good option for him to come in for you know thirty five minutes. Yeah, yeah. I think he'll he'll get a rude awakening to what March and February or uh, March in Philadelphia is like too, <laughs> yeah. which I'm sure is going to be a little bit different than Brazil and Chile. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> uh, it's supposed to be about forty and yeah, uh, it's kind of pouring drizzly, rain, drizzly yeah. to say the uh, least. Drizzly, I'll take drizzly over pouring rain. <laughs> seriously. So yeah. Um, so he's a guy I'm sorry for uh, Kai Wagner. I'm really curious about. Yeah, I, you know, again, you know, the DC game is the preseason game that I saw. He mm-hmm. looked he looked good in that game. Yeah. I thought I thought he he had a couple of hits and misses, uh, mm-hmm. but some some strong crosses. Really good yeah. with his left foot. Uh, gets up and down the line pretty well. He's got a good nickname, the machine. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah I like a guy with a solid nickname. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but you know, I think it's exciting to have a little left back depth. You you have three natural left backs on the roster, which but, again, they I haven't. mean, we're we're not. Counting on Fabinho playing a lot this year, I think he's kind of moving more into a player coach type role, right. which is which is fine. He's a, certainly a, a very serviceable practice mm-hmm. squad player and can spot start still, for when you need him. Still, probably I think in the locker room, probably one of the most popular guys. Yes, he I is. mean I think everybody loves Fabi. Very, you know, very, and, very jovial. And it's great to have him there. And, you and need his that. kids are adorable. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so let's start. Okay, let's, let's work from defense. Let's start, you know obviously Blake in goal. Yeah. Um, we do have a, a new. Backup goalkeeper this year. It's just interesting to, to uh, the guy from Red Bull uh, yeah. uh, came I, over. I've from also forgotten his name. Corner, no, mm-hmm. yeah. that guy. Uh-huh. Uh, plus, so, they, but, but Blake and goal, yes. yeah, Blake and goal. <laughs> God, uh, um, uh, I'm probably gonna say Wagner at left back. I uh, yeah, uh, I guess. Yeah, I mean, and I don't know where you know. It's between him and Real. Yeah, and I would. I'm going to go with Wagner. I'll make that bold statement. Okay. Um, I'm going to agree. Obviously, your center backs are Austin and, and Mark. Yeah, I guess so, uh, right? I mean, if everybody's you, you, healthy, yeah. You saw Jack partner with Austin All right. a couple of times, too. Um, you know, I think it's a, it's probably a pretty healthy competition, but yeah. I, I, I also have to guess it's going to be yeah. Mark and Austin, guys that know each other. Who you put out right back? I mean, it's going to. I'm putting out Inviso just because I don't think that Ray Gaddis gives you the offense that you need from your right back in a home game. I think you moved Keegan for Mbizo. Yeah. I think you moved the. You didn't Keegan. move him for Regattas. No. I think, and very, the, the extremely small sample size I've seen of Mbizo, which was the Kansas City game last year. Yeah. Um, Should have won a penalty kick. He's a, uh, you know, he's a he's another guy. He's a specimen. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy. He's he's Big, different, fast. a lot different than Keegan. Keegan was the guy who got the ball and wanted to look up, combine. Mbizo's, you know, he's a bull. He wants to put his head down and run. And that sounds like what the system Ernst really wants, you know, formations, formation. But what he wants them to do in that formation is he wants the press. He wants the run. And I don't know if Keegan was ever a press player, but I do think from what I've seen and heard about him, and Baizo is that kind of guy. Yeah, it's, it seems that way. Uh, I, I think probably Mbizo at home and uh, Regatas on the road yeah. is, is, a, is a safe Way Fair. to think about the right back position, yeah. At least, um, least initially, yeah. And, and I and I think that there's probably room to do one or the other in the other situation too. You you might see Mbizo on the road. You might see Gaddis at home in certain situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
Moving into the midfield, you know, I think that diamond is going to be Harris at the back mm-hmm. as your as your uh, deep lying playmaker. Yeah. Um, I think Bedoya slots in easily on the right. I think that's his best position. So I'm excited to see what you get out of him. Um, Fabian at the top. Um, who do you see sliding into that left side? And we were just talking about about this. Is it, is it Jones for you? I'd like it to be Jones. Uh, um. I just think Jim has a lot of confidence in Warren. Yeah. And I think he uh, – Jones just has he, – he, I said he and I've said it before, he hasn't grabbed it yet. He's got everything you want in a player in that position. He's got the size, athleticism. Uh, he has some good vision. He's good. He can pass. He just doesn't put it all together enough. And, and Jim said it. I mean, they get it in bursts. They don't get it consistently. And I just think Jim really trusts Warren. He doesn't have the gifts, the natural gifts that that Jones has. He doesn't. I think you've said he doesn't have a, a, a you know fifteen yard pass in his toolbox. You know yeah. he doesn't have that. But he gives you stability. He gives you steadiness. He gives you a guy that can win the ball. Hell of a ball winner. Yeah, and he he just pursues the ball so well. And you know they talked about Michael Bradley, and he's he's. Could be the guy you have harass Bradley around the field, so, mm-hmm. and and I think he has that that concentration, that commitment that Jones lacks a little bit, and you know, I think he starts Warren honestly, and you know, and I'm I'm okay with that. It's the safe pick, and you know, if it was closer, if Warren and Jones were a little closer on the depth chart. It's like, okay, you know, again, the situation with uh, with the right back, maybe you start Jones at home, you start Warren on the road. I don't know how close Jones is, though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I, I You know, I think we're going to find out during the season. Yeah. I, I agree with you. Um, I don't know. I don't know how that goes. I, I, I could see it going either way on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, we talked a little bit about the forward line. I, I think it's going to be Fafa and Burke with Santos yeah. off the bench. Yeah, just because I mean, Santos it's going to be a sloppy field. You know, the guy's got a knee, <laughs> knee uh, you know, knee, he banged up his knee. You don't want him out there sliding around if his knee's not 100%. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think you're fine, you know, waiting and yeah. just giving him, giving him a break and just make sure his fitness is okay. And if he feels, you know, he feels good enough. He could give you thirty-five minutes at the game, just get a taste of MLS and what's like at home, and yeah. then then do that and just be. It's a long season. You don't mm-hmm. have to. You don't have to beat the guy into the ground right. this early. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, and it, it's going to be interesting to see Burke play with another forward. Yeah, and just just it's going to be interesting. Just Union play with two forwards again, which I haven't done probably since, uh, you know, you know. In a long time, <laughs> I know. You know, it, it, it's kind of fun. I, I I understand where the 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 trade of Sapong comes from. You know, I, I think you're you're too deep at that position to to carry all of those yeah. guys, and one of them probably had to move. Sapong was the one with the most value that you probably could part with. Um, but I also would have been fascinated to see say just see see CJ Sapong play with another forward too, because we never got a chance never, to see it here. Ever, ever, ever. And, <laughs> and I, I think he was an ideal forward to have another guy playing off of him, a guy that can win yeah, balls and, and, and he could ping just, it back a little just bit. Just knock balls down. Yeah. Just head balls down all day for, for, for a quick runner like like you know, like Fafa or Com. Yeah. I mean, it would have been yeah, and I, I I'm and I think it works best for the team and for the player that they did move on because he was yeah. kind of tumbling down the depth chart for them. Yeah. You get the I, feeling. Yeah. And you know they weren't going to play him wide because they're just not playing that system anymore. 
that were, you could kind of put them out as like that kind of big wide forward on the right hand. Mm-hmm. They, they did a lot towards the end of the year. Um, so let's, let's talk about that real quick before uh, we start wrapping up the the trade. And we talked about talked to it with Jim a bit, but flipping these players for over a million dollars, yeah. where you flip CJ. Herbers, Keegan, and the draft picks, and you have you turn that all into cash that you can use. Yeah, um, I think you know Jim was a little unwilling to tip his hand about what what's going to be used with that cash, and right. fair enough. But uh, you know, it I sounds think, like uh, something. At least sounds they, like they, they, have they, they have an idea, right? Right. Um, you know, I think, and the the question that I asked directly to Jim, and I, I think it might end up being what they do is add a player in the summer, which we yeah. haven't seen them do in a couple of seasons. We begged for it <laughs> two seasons ago for them to add a ten. We we begged for it last season to add uh, another striker option, and they didn't do it. If it comes to the summer this year and you're you're looking at a situation where you need a left sided midfielder, you you need something. You have that the, was the, the flexibility to do it. I think a huge disservice done to this team in two situations in twenty seventeen where you were still at that point in in you know, shooting distance of a of a playoff spot and in twenty last year where you could solidify your playoff spot. And they did nothing in that summer window. And I think it was just really, really big disservice to Jim. It was disheartening for, for the fans. For too. the fans and, you and know. For us lowly podcasters. For us lowly podcasters. And you felt like, you know, you felt for Jim because he needed reinforcements. Yeah. And the team needed reinforcements. And it was obvious. And they just didn't get them. And Jim kind of had to make do with what he had. And I don't feel like. Ernst is that type of guy where I eh, just you, this is what you got to make do. No, he he's, he seems like a guy who's always kind of looking forward, always and improving. And he has, and I said this, I, I I used to say this about Ernie a lot. And one of the big things that frustrated me under his regime is like like you thinking in the two tracks where you think about the academy, think about the future, think about building that, think about the youth, but you also think about the here and now. And it was such so imbalanced mm-hmm. that the here and now just felt secondary. And he would almost say it. And and, and like his goal was the academy. And, it, and he did some good stuff. And he kind of reinforced the pipeline where you got guys like Austin and Mark. And you got those. You were able to get those guys to make that transition and pretty smoothly and seamlessly. And it's paid dividends. And it's been great. And they could be, as Jim said, guys that are sold off for a lot of money at some point to a team in Europe. But the here and now just felt secondary, and winning now just felt secondary. And I, for Ernst, I mean, it was the first words out of his mouth where you measure what you do with trophies and where you stand on yeah. the table. And so you feel like his thinking is so much more balanced that if he has the resources to do to make a move, to make this team better in the here and now and make them a playoff team and make them a contender for a championship, he's probably going to do it. Yeah, I I agree, and and I'm really ex- excited for that. Um, you know, I think he he's a guy that's looking for a championship. He's not a guy that's happy making the playoffs. Right. He's not a guy that's happy playing good soccer. He's not a guy that, you know, is is going to field an inferior team. I you know I I don't think that he sees the union as a as a team that has the 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 resources as Atlanta United has or as LA mm-hmm. Galaxy or, or 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 some of the elite teams around the league. But there is avenues in this league to be. A little bit of a smaller club and challenge for the title because you just have to make it to yeah. the playoffs. I mean, you know, 
and, and I've thought about it. I thought about it towards the end of last year. I mean, RSL is a successful team in this league, mm-hmm. and they've never been a huge, huge spender. Yeah. I think, and they were an academy team. And they built academy yeah. team. Sporting KC, same way. Develop guys, find guys. Mm-hmm. Red Bulls too. Yeah, Red Bulls. I mean, Red Bulls have spent, but they. That's not all they do. Right. They build, you know, they'll build something and then drop that big player into it. You know, I mean, and even I see FC. I mean, they're good. they've said they're going to start getting away from we're just going to splash cash and bring in big names. They're you know, but you know, Atlanta's Atlanta. I mean, they're kind of their own. Yeah, they're kind of their own country down there. The way they're, they're doing things, it's, which you know, put my objective hat on. I think it's great for the league, honestly, because I think it's going to yeah make the, make the league more interesting and better. But you know, you know, again, living in the here and now, living in Philadelphia. You have to compete against that, and you have to find ways. And you know, there are teams that have competed without, you know, being massive spenders. I mean, you know, the Galaxy tried it for a year. They're going back to spending a lot. Yeah, um, and that's that's we were talking about this right, a little bit. I, I'm really curious to see how yeah, that works out as a team that has four designated players yeah, as of right now. This all might bite them. They've in got the a ass. day a day and a half to get into roster compliance. Um, uh, so there, there's ways and there's avenues to do it, and you know, it just took them. It, the frustrating thing again is it's taking them so long to kind of yeah this is the kind of the way forward to find that but yeah you, you can do it. Um, I did solicit for a couple of questions on Twitter oh, yeah. and I, I wanted to get to, to one or two of those. Let's uh, do it. Particularly yes. one that was texted to me by the editor of Philly Soccer Page. So I feel like Peter, we have to answer your question. Um, he asked me uh, which union player is under the most pressure this year. Um, and he had a couple of answers, but I'm not going to give them to you because I want to hear yours first. Uh, Derek Jones is yeah. under a lot of pressure because mm-hmm. for everything we mentioned, we mentioned, uh, yeah, I, I, I just think this is put up or shut up for him. And yeah. you know, we've we've spent more few years back, but we've talked about what the union does to younger players, and there's guys that have come in here and been moved around, and not always been put in the best environment. That's changed a lot. As we see again with Austin and Mark, I mean, I think, yeah, I, I, I think he's under a lot of pressure, and I think, you know, they want him to succeed, and he has all the attributes to succeed. But I think, yeah, of anybody, I, I really think it's it's him. Yeah, uh, Peter said Jones in his text to me, and he also <laughs> said uh, Alejandro Bedoya, which I thought was interesting. Um, because I, I actually predict that Bedoya is going to have a very strong season because he's being played in a position that I think he's very comfortable in. But the other player that, that Peter suggested, and I definitely agree with, is Harris Madunian. Um, I'm, I'm fascinated to see how he fits into this team. You know, I think he's going to be that, that deep-lying playmaker. Um, yeah. I, I think we'll see less of him than we have in the past because there are options uh, with the, the, the midfield triangle. Um, I think that Jim and Ernst will be smarter about making sure he stays fresher for the end of the season. Yeah, and I, I think that could be the position you look at in the summer, that deeper yeah. midfielder to kind of bolster that. Because, I mean, he's you know he's on the other side there, and, you know, and Bedoya, again, has a great engine. He's a very fit guy, but he's edging towards that age too, and that, you got to start thinking about that. So that could be a position you think about in, you know, in the, you know, in that, that midseason window. Yeah, I I, so. I I would agree with that, too. Um, another question on Twitter I got from Vince Smith. Uh, what reasonable expectations should we have for a comm, and should we expect another departure at the forward position? 
I don't predict another departure at the forward position unless unless something really big happens. Um, reasonable expectations for a com. I mean, he's got to be better than he was last year. That's 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 an easy answer. I think he's he's got to chip in at least with like a you have to think like a five goal, five assist season at the minimum. Yeah, and I think um, you probably won't have as much pressure on him yeah. coming in just because they have those options up front and the system's a little different and. You know, he could be a guy that could come in. Yeah, they could use him differently than they wanted to last year. I think they really counted on him to be the guy to come in and bang in 10 goals and just kind of run the line and be fast. And now you can, you, you have Fafa who really emerged and one of, one of the better players in the league. You have Santos, you have Burke, all the four position. So he's a guy that could be the guy that you're, you can be flexible with. And he could be a guy to come off the bench for you. He could be a guy that, you know, spells somebody on an injury. So I, I think if he hits five, six goals, I think that's a really good comeback and contributes in other ways and just use, you know, with the speed and all that. Because, you know, he just didn't really contribute even on goals or when he was in the games. Yeah. I mean, he just didn't look connected. With his other, that's it. well, that's that's the first step. But you know, before the goals and assists, he has to feel connected. Yeah. He has to be. You know, you want to see him return to his old self that he was with Chicago. You want to see him burning up the sideline. You want to see him, uh, you know, beating players one v one, being tricky on the dribble, mm-hmm. because that that was that was the thing that was missing a lot last year. You yeah. know, have, you have Elsino and you have Fafa a little bit in those those categories, but you know, little else. So I, I think that that that's important that he yeah. steps back up into that for sure. Um, Ken Halk asked predictions for the fullback positions. I think we got into that. Yeah, I think we covered that pretty well. Um, the the only other question I got was from from Kevin Kincaid. Did you did you see that one? You know what? <laughs> <laughs> do do the bass players get yes. enough respect, yeah. Greg? No, we don't. And, and no. you know. I, I disagreed because I'm a guitar player. Uh, okay. all, <laughs> all you guys, all you guys. <laughs> hey, I'm a rhythm guitar player. But I'm not, I, I can't even play lead. There you go. Uh, thank thank you, Kevin. For, <laughs> He doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't even listen no, to us, he does he? No, he doesn't listen to us. No, he's too busy with the Sixers. Now. He's big time now. Yeah. He's with the Sixers. You yeah. know, hang, hanging out with Joel Embiid, you know, <laughs> Ben Simmons, and you know, Simmons, all, you know, all the Hollywood people Simmons hangs out with. He's, he's big time. He don't yeah. need us anymore. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. Um, so I guess we'll wrap it up on that. You wanna, you have you, any? I got to do a prediction, right? Oh, there's we got to do a prediction. There's a game on Saturday. Uh, I want to say 2-0 to the Union. All right. I think Toronto's stinky. Yeah. I I'm th- going to say 1 0 to the Union. I think it's going to be a slop fest. It is going to be th- kind of. I think one goal decides it. Probably. I mean, they. they and for- I, won't rule, I won't rule out 0 0. Yeah. I mean, Toronto's not great. They weren't great last year either. Yeah. But at least they had Jervenko, and I don't. And I think that punches a big hole into their team. And, yeah. You know, I, and, I think- and just everything you're hearing kind of come out of them, it sounds like, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of. It going might be back. a little bit of a retool. They're going back on the. They're kind of on the backslide a little bit. And, yeah. And. You know, jo- Jose's kind of nicked up. Yeah, they just I think they just made a deal today to get that, that striker from yeah. Genk. Right, right, right. It's all that. So, but he I mean, won't be here for Saturday. Right, right. So he's, he's, he's not going to guy that's going to help out this week. I, I just think I think they're there yeah. for it. I, you know, and I, I, I think I, they're kind of ripe for it. I, and I think, you know what, too, I think there's been enough changeover in this union team that that, that kind of like demon that the, the union yeah. couldn't get off their backs last year with beating Toronto even when they were poor. Yeah. Uh, that they can do it this year. So I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll no, take that for one sure. I, I think the mentality is different. Yeah, uh, and and yeah, and and they're just going to 
Yeah, it's going to be an interesting game. Because you're going to be you're just excited to see what they throw out there at the Union and yeah. how much they can change in game, which they we just haven't seen them doing such yeah. a long time. And um, yeah, so it's you know season's here finally Saturday one p.m. Yeah, it's a little it's early. Be cold. It's going to be a little chilly. Going to be a little wet, but yeah. it's soccer. It's live soccer, and the Union are back, and Marco Fabian era begins. Yes, and if you know he's. Yeah, and it was just exciting. Everybody, you know, I was I was able to get down to the uh, to Jersey unveiling down, yeah, yeah. down down at the Union's facility down in Chester, and um, you know, it, 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 he just has a lot of positive energy about him. Yeah, you know, you, good. You, you know, you get the feeling. Well, you know, we didn't even get a chance to talk about that, but I, I, I hopefully we'll maybe do that next week. Just you know, face of the franchise type thing. Um, yeah, that well, you you've not had a lot in this this club, and you have a connection to the the Mexican community and the Hispanic community that you've not had. No, no. So it, I, I think this like an instant connection. Yeah, it's, like not something you got to work for. He's just there. It's really great. And I know he was doing a lot of when they were in Florida. He was he was talking to the Univision a lot. Yeah, and getting the and it just gets the union's name out there in a way that yeah. they, they, they've trouble. And you know, face of the franchise and. You know, they did the video. <laughs> we joked about it a little bit, or at least I did a video when um, they unveiled the jersey, and Sebastian Latou was in it more than anybody. Yeah, that was kind of telling. Yeah, but now you got Marco Fabian, mm-hmm. and he's just just has a natural charisma and has the, you know he's 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 been around a block. He knows how this goes, yeah. the off the field stuff, and you know it's important. I, I know there's a lot of purists out there that don't think it is, but it is. It it, re- it really it really is for. Especially for, for a league like MLS that's 20-some years in, still finding its footing. And a team like the Union that it's just been starved for an identity yeah. for so long. And if this is a guy that can give you some, that's, yeah. that's fantastic. I agree, 100%. All right, we'll wrap it up on that one. Thank Jim Curtin for joining us. Always generous, always fun to talk to. And we'll get him in probably hopefully midseason and some, some, sometime down the road. And uh, I want to thank everybody for listening. And you know, have fun Saturday.